1: Big story broke through, or maybe a big story, just a big scene. I guess a social media story, because it's visual, it's aggressive. It's two Super Bowl teams from last year, the Rams and the Bengals, having joint practices in advance of their last preseason game on Saturday night. Uh, a brouhaha broke out. Benches cleared, if you will. And the video, you can see it online, folks, and see on social media. You, you see Aaron Donald, maybe the most dominant player in the NFL, holding a Bengals helmet and wheeling that thing around like a hammer and um, that has caused quite a stir, if you will. We had Sarah Barshop, our ESPN Rams reporter, join us earlier on Canty and Carlin to kind of uh, answer some questions about what had happened there. Um, and she said that wasn't the first, you know, first skirmish that, that perked up here so far. There's
2: been a lot of skirmishes around the training camps. I don't know what it is this year. It seems like there's been there's been more. I'm sure there in past years there's been some. Uh, last week we saw Carolina and the Pats go at it back to back. to fights per day in their practices. And, you know, obviously these teams have a, a recent history in, in the Super Bowl. But Aaron Donald, one of the best players in the sport. I mean, mm-hmm. wow. I mean, it's an amazing thing to me, not only that he did that, swinging the helmet, is that the NFL can't step in. And uh, that was explained to us as well by by Sarah. And the thing about it is that, why? I mean, why are you doing this? It, it, your tempers really flare? Are you really that sick of heat hitting own teammates every well, day, coach. You
1: do remember. You remember, like I, we remember this. And it used to be, folks, for for you know college basketball, you have first day of practice for everybody it was about August fifteenth, which is usually the date. Usually, our first game was until November fifteenth. Six or so. weeks. Yeah, so, and you have a you got a long time, and you're you're you. Got, I mean, I got tired of playing our own dudes, and we scrimmaged a couple times. You'd be amped for the scrimmages, and it ain't football. You ain't hitting each other like you were. You were pretty geeked up for this, so yeah. I'm not surprised these things. But these break guys out.
2: don't even—they're not even in pads half the time anymore. The new uh, NFLPA, the new the new bargaining agreement. They, you know, half the time they're in shorts. They're taking the weekends off. They're going to Nantucket. They're going. Oh, to look the, at
1: you, just poo-pooing everything that goes on in preseason. Like, oh, That's a total well, joke. Why don't you get out there and mix it up with them?
2: Well, I first of all, have you watched an exhibition game? No. Nobody's playing. Steelers, in those, that's it. Nobody's this. playing in those games. You're Steelers. Yeah. Do you think uh, those guys played in the preseason? They played all the time.
1: I, yeah. I, I mean, I get it. I get it. Did uh, you mention that that you couldn't have? Uh, we don't think Aaron Donald, Donald can be punished. Here's what, here's what Sarah uh, talked about. She asked that question. was was there any precedent from that? Here's what she had to say to us early.
3: I've been asking that same question around, and it sounds like it is up to the team. Um, because it's not a game, it is up to the team to, to decide that discipline. Um, I've asked if the Rams expect to do anything with this. Um, the, the latest we've heard is that the Rams declined to make any further comment about the incident and referred to the team's spokesperson, referred to McVay's comments after practice um, and kind of decided to leave it at that. But I do not believe that the NFL has jurisdiction to make that decision. I think it is the team.
1: Oh, so if you're leaving it to the teams, means, folks, uh, no, nothing's happening, okay? There's no, just... it's going to go
2: away. You know that. I mean, a story like this will go away. No one was injured. It was ugly. That's
1: th- what you just said there is huge, because if he actually connects with somebody, that could be different. That could be an issue, because then it's like, okay, we have to punish him. Even he's Aaron Donald, because we can't have this happening in different places. Like, right. there's a precedent-setting thing. Now, folks remember Miles Garrett a couple years ago with Mason Rudolph, Steelers quarterback, and takes his helmet, and he's swinging at him. He got suspended for that, that's a that's a that's an NFL game that's on the field of a real game, and it's a national TV game. There was that was like that was egregious, and you knew there was going to be something there. This is this is different. It's amazing to me though
2: that how, you know the NFL picks and chooses of with their punishments. Yeah, whether it's deflating balls or Man, off, you are, you off are, the field conduct. You in this deflate gate. You really? I mean, you're this really was, stuck in your craw. Huh? This, this six.
1: W- let it go, Junior. This six, was, six years ago.
2: This was bad conduct. Oh, this wow. was uh, eight years ago conduct unbecoming of a professional athlete i feel like i don't i know it was between between two nfl teams
1: i feel like we're in a few good men right now conduct unbecoming
2: there's nfl officials there there were there's video there's the media we all saw it it's
1: it hurts the shield all i'm thinking about is the scene in a few good men now
2: i don't understand what did
1: we do wrong harold what did we do wrong it, this will be forgotten by,
2: by tomorrow. This will be forgotten, and of course, nothing will happen Saturday because these guys, none of them, will be on none
1: the field are playing. Uh, well, on that note, we're listening to Canty, you're listening to Canty and Carl on ESPN Radio. That's Coach Tim Welsh. I'm Dallin Cuff. I think our society has more than enough hate right now. Just, 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 just. We can't even have discourse. We can't talk. Hate within families. I think our sports world lacks a little bit of hate, though.
2: I would I wouldn't mind to you see my, more more victory. Kevin McHale versus Bill Lambeer? You want that? Y- I'd like that.
1: I don't necessarily need to see guys getting cleaned out in total like full on brawls, but I would like some animosity. I would like not to dap up guys all the time in the middle of games. The NBA is rotten with this stuff. College basketball's got Not like,
2: Steph Curry though. That's the thing about Steph Curry how he stands out above most. And he's at $50 million a year, and he hasn't changed one bit. He still wants to win and beat you He does, and the just like he one did thing, when I, he was 25 years old.
1: I still want a level of animosity between teams and players and you, that, that it could escalate to a melee. That there could be some, some some not violence, but just a feel of like, I, on this court, hate these dudes. And the fans have that same feeling. Not that they're throwing, sp- spitting at people or hitting people, but they're an element of, There's a passion behind that. And you have some of that a lot in college football still. You mean like a year
2: ago when the Celtics got beat by the Nets? Not this season, the year before. And then they all hung out Stayed back in New York and went out and partied with the Nets after the after they lost
1: that, a series. I want more of that. That's what I want. I want. I want. I want after you lose a series to go party with the other your opponents. You no, think, this is the issue.
2: You think Larry, Larry and Magic like love each Jeez. other now, and we all know that. But do you think they went out after games? No. You think Charles Barkley ever went out with one of his opponents ever?
1: No. no. Occasionally, at an MJ and him, I think, were at the tables occasionally. But well, that's about that's that's, that's a, a different, different story. story yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I could use a little more. What was that? What's the Chappelle show? The the black white supremacist. It's it's a phenomenal skit. If you haven't seen it, folks, if you got hate in your heart, let it out. Not yeah. in real life, but in sports, let let's let it out a little bit. That's all.
2: We're just ready for some football. You know, we we're covering all this. <laughs> Coach stuff. is like, you know, I'm not touching this. Well, it's, we're it's not August doing that. I'm not 20, getting down this. 25th. What did you just say? We've got two weeks. Two weeks to go. We, we're we're getting there. We can see the light. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And let's get to some football. Tom Brady's back. Uh, the Cowboys lost a big player today. You know, can the Eagles do it? Uh, the Patriots don't have any coordinators. Uh, <laughs> you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with Trey Lance? What are we going to do, do with Jimmy G? Uh, are, yes. the, are the Bears still a dumpster fire?
1: Yes. Um, I'll answer that question simply. The rest of it are um, the Lions better just because they're on hard knocks? We're going to you look know, like this. Yeah, this is Welsh's whip around right now. You're basically you're bringing up all the topics we're going to get to in the show. Speaking of light at the end of the tunnel. We're 41 minutes from punching out here, or less than we that. We do here. have coordinators here, though. Evan's got us running the ship. He's in he's the back room guiding us beautifully. Uh, Katie and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance are motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1 800 Progressive and Progressive.com. This isn't part of your whip around, but it's still going to be a fun conversation. One quarterback is being compared to MJ. We'll tell you who it is and who said what next on ESPN Radio.
2: Must be 21-plus plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
3: Welcome back to Candy
1: and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Series XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus, and your smart speakers. Candy and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Tim Welsh, Dallin Cuff here. I was going to try to hold out long enough to hear my guy Mark Morrison begin Return of the Mac with just the... But I just I couldn't I couldn't wait. I so. like it. You you drop a little tune. Tune I don't, to gin. I don't really have a good tune, but um, he does. That song's phenomenal. It takes me back to 1994, maybe Five. Somebody check me on that date. Um, Coach, let me the dates. It's your son Griffin's 12th birthday. Oh. Uh, we well, you just sent a picture of the scene right now at the pool. We got laser tag. Oh, do you have a little FOMO? Or are you any back there in time to do anything?
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah, we're going to be back there to close it down. A little night swimming tonight, Ooh, and uh, nice. maybe some night hoops.
1: There you go. Yeah,
2: a little, little five on five half court.
1: Oh, that's, that's winners. Make guys make movement. You got to move without the ball. Winners. Five on five half winners. Court.
2: Winners. We play winners. winners of course.
1: Yeah, you... Got a guard to get the ball.
2: And you talk about hate. There's some rough fouls.
1: That I like. That yeah, makes me I bad mean,
2: Especially, me. you know, you remember Dallin. Game okay. point, you got to make the hoop, man, and you're not getting to the rim no. clean.
1: No, there's no shot. You got to finish with contact or hit a, or hit a step back jumper.
2: That's Does anybody foul here. at the rim anymore, though, in the
1: NBA? No, you're not allowed. It's a technical. It's a flagrant one if you make any flagrant hard contact. one, a Flagrant one of any hard contact. Oh my god. We goodness. both feel like I feel like we're both like uh, get off our lawners right now. But you know, a little more hate in sports, a little more physicality. Physicality in yeah. college basketball. It's a freaking wrestling match. Most games like that's we got we have the we have a different problem in college basketball.
2: You watch Mark Adams teams at Texas Tech.
1: Yep. They defend. Take folks if whoever Texas is, is playing, take the under if they're at home. Okay, take the under, especially the first half under. Biggest game of the year when when Chris Beard went back from Texas to play Texas Tech, let's just say this: I basically bet my mortgage on Texas Tech that night. When you saw the scene there, it was there were it was insanity. They were like bloodthirsty. Whoever wanted hate back, they hated Chris Beard for leaving. They wanted to let him know they it had was no ugly. Chance. They had no chance. It was a beatdown first half. Spread, first half, team total under. It was beautiful.
2: On top of that, Texas going to the SEC in another year as well. That's a great that point. That didn't help. That Although, didn't. I don't think anybody was thinking about that
1: that night. No, that was all vitriol to Chris Beard. Now but Texas Tech, you know who went there? Who you got? A guy named Patrick Mahomes. There you, oh, there you go. And look at him getting us back on track. Let's get back on track. That said, Let's we go. can't talk about college basketball. We got to talk about the NFL. Let's go. Um, many people think Patrick Mahomes, he's, he's drawn comparisons to... To 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 some of the greats of other sports and the greats of, of this sport, too, whether it be Brady, his ability to win, his ability to make plays, plays with his arm, his ability to make passes nobody else can make, no look passes, all this crazy stuff. But Devontae Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the game, uh, was on The Pivot, a great podcast with our guy Ryan Clark, reflecting on Aaron Rodgers and has an interesting comp for him.
2: I don't discount anything, you know, that that Aaron was able to do for me because, I mean, he, he's the best quarterback, you know, in my opinion, to play this game. I think a lot of what he did for me was not just about the type of balls or whatever that he threw, you know, great back shoulder, whatever. Like, there was obviously that, but the the way that he he had the Michael Jordan effect as far as like he gonna he gonna make you play better. He gonna he gonna bring out your best just by being on the field. It's not even about like like he was a great leader, but it was it was more so just about. I'm out here with Aaron Rodgers. Like you would always notice in OTAs, like you know, it'd be times where he wasn't practicing, and you would just notice people start to like not not fall off, not not practicing hard, but it wasn't the same as when Aaron is out there.
1: And that is that is Advante Adams. I get on the pivot with Ryan Clark. Uh, you're listening to Canty and Carlin, Coach Tim Welsh, Dallin Cuff here in for the guys. Um, in terms of that, that's a real thing, man. Like that it factor that just he makes everybody's bar raise, and it's not surprising to hear Devontae Adams say that about him.
2: Number one, Aaron Rodgers must hear that and say, excuse me, why, is, why isn't that man still with it's me? So
1: you want to go play with your boy Carr? car.
2: So, uh, you know, the thing about that, the great ones go way above the others with those type special leadership the leadership ability, you know, and the winning ability, and you see it with Aaron Rodgers, you see it with Patrick Mahomes, you saw it with Michael Jordan, you saw it with Peyton Manning, you see it with Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, I just saw a clip the other day of an old clip where Manning was mic'd up during a game, and he was screaming at everybody on his offensive line. He said, when it's a pass play, you're supposed to protect. You have one job, protect me. And he was screaming at Jeff Saturday, and it was just classic. I mean, that's what the great ones do. I mean, you watch the Derek Jeter documentary on ESPN, and all he thought about every day was winning. It didn't matter what if they've won the first three games of a series. That did not matter. We're going to sweep. Mm-hmm. We're going to sweep. And if you didn't come to play, he let you know it. And that's what the great ones do. And uh, we coach Sherman Douglas at Syracuse, and I used to talk to Sherman a lot when he played in the NBA. And he he played with Jordan, and he told me he said Jordan basically every day uh, he would find one guy and make him almost cry because he would say. I want you – I don't care if you're the fifth man, the eighth man, or the last guy on the roster. You're going to come and work every day. And he knew he was much better than everybody else, but he also knew if he didn't lift everybody, then he couldn't do it by himself. And I think that's what you see with Aaron Rodgers. That's what you see with Patrick Mahomes. They make sure that everybody is giving that effort not only on the field but in the film room and in the classroom every day – to bring themselves up to that level where they can be a winner. And, and that's what, you know, Sherman used to tell me, Jordan say would pick out one guy one day and say, you're not going to touch the ball all practice. I'm going to guard you and you will not touch the basketball. And, and this was in October. Yeah. So that's what the great ones do. They, they never let up because if they let up a little bit, everybody else will as well.
1: No doubt about it. And I think what's interesting about them too, and, and you, the Bucks, a lot of different Bucs players attested this, just having Brady in the facility. It's not that you're not make somebody cry. Just him being there and then be like, oh, like you listen more to what he says. You want to please. You want to level level up essentially to where he is, which is almost attainable, unattainable for anybody else to get to. But him just being there pushes you to your maximum, pushes you to your extreme in everything you're doing and how your your attention to detail, how you're preparing, and then what you're doing on the field. So it's just the, the presence of those guys that are truly transcendent talents. And Aaron Rodgers is obviously in that class, like beyond the arm talent. The dude still has; he still makes plays with his legs. He still he had his amazing wheels. He, he, he used to be able to get out of the pocket, make all kinds of crazy plays. Uh, he still can do that, and he's still one of the best, if not the best, quarterback in the league. And of course, makes his team go to a different level. But again, his presence does that more than just anything else. Well,
2: I had dinner with Scott Pioli, the ex vice president of the Pats, one evening in Providence, uh, the year they were undefeated, mm-hmm. and they were it was before the bye week of the playoffs. And and I said to him, I said, "What makes Tom Brady great?" He said, "Let me just tell you this." He says, "We don't play next weekend. We have the bye. We're undefeated." But tomorrow morning, Monday morning, he will be in the facility at six a.m. with Randy Moss watching film, Mm -hmm. and we don't play for two weeks. And that that in itself, you know, he's got Moss was wouldn't have been with the Patriots unless Brady said, "Of course, you're going to buy into what I do, not just." On the field every Sunday, every day leading up to. Here is how we win. Here, here is how we prepare, and that's what makes them special. And everybody else sees that, and then that makes everybody else buy in as well.
1: It's funny you said. That. I was talking to a group of young students that are in a basically an NBA like leadership development program or the Junior MBA program earlier today, and they were talking about leadership and what it means to them, and 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 how and and things about treating people differently in terms of like coaches have to now kind of I think a lot of coaches when I was younger didn't assess treat everybody the same is not necessarily productive you got to look at people individually and see like how do we reach this kid how do I reach this young lady how do I connect with them it's the same thing when you're a leader on your team with your teammates like there's my I'm not gonna leave his name nameless a guy I played with in college I spent hours with him in his room grand playing Madden FIFA hanging out just because I know we needed him to win and he was one of the most talented players but he just bumped heads with the coach all the time so you got to be in there spending time with him, making him comfortable, making him believe. He doesn't realize, I'm repeating a lot of the same things Coach is already saying. It's just a different voice, and if you'll, you're more receptive to that. that no doubt. Or let's watch film together. let's do that. And that's, you're dragging those people along. Now, Lord knows I was not that talented. But you, in terms of leadership, you have to... Reach out to those guys that you know that are going to make your team successful. We're going to make them win, and you bring them to that level as far as an understanding.
2: And it's just so interesting to to do a deep dive into these guys. You yeah. know, not only watching them play on the field during competition, but just what gets them to that point, and what do they do? Not to not individually, but as a leader. Yeah. You know, the Jeters, the Mannings, the Brady's, the the Mahomes, and the Rogers. Yeah,
1: it's and then those are that's a special crew, and they're special on the field, off the field, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, all right, we're gonna go break. Our last look before the season starts for one quarterback with big shoes to fill. That's next. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN+.
2: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another
1: day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back into Candy and Carlin. Alongside Tim Welsh, I'm Dallin Cuff. You're listening to Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, and your smart speakers. Uh, Tonight we've got two NFL Preseason games, Packers and the Chiefs, 49ers and the Texans. Aaron Rodgers will not play for the Packers, Chiefs TBD on Patrick Mahomes. In terms of the 49ers, as they take on the Texans, Trey Lance will play. Let's talk more with Nick Wagoner, our ESPN 49ers reporter on this. Nick, let's just start right there. Um, Lance did not play in the second preseason game. He played in the first. He was 5 for 11 in that game. Uh, how How much will he play tonight in this game?
3: Yeah, the plan right now, guys, is for for Trey Lance to play the first half. And I should say up to the first half, because a lot of that's going to depend on how it goes. You know, if he has a good outing like he did in that first game uh, against the Packers, you know, he only played 11 snaps in that game. It won't be that short regardless, but um, if they they do well, uh, I could see him getting pulled a little bit earlier, but Kyle Shanahan said it would be first half at the most. So that's kind of the range that they're in, again, depending on how it goes, but it won't be any more than the first couple of quarters.
2: So, Nick, what are they 49ers looking to see from him tonight?
3: Uh, I mean, I think a lot of it is just kind of simple stuff. I mean, if you really think about it, guys, he, he hasn't played a lot of football, like actual games, uh, even in college, didn't do it that much. And so um, it, it's simple things like getting the play call, getting in and out of the huddle, uh, making adjustments at the line of scrimmage, you know, side adjustments and things like that, uh, getting the opportunity to do some of that and, and really kind of just uh, get into a rhythm a little bit with, with some of his guys. And, and just to use an example, you know, Devo Samuel, who was a hold-in and, and didn't practice for the first few practices until they put the pads on and then signed his contract, you know, he and Trey Lance didn't work together at all in the offseason because uh, Devo Samuel wasn't here for that while he was going through his contract discussion. So uh, that's someone, for example, that they, they're they trying to get on the same page and you could see them getting better as camp goes on. But um, it's going to be little things like that. I, I don't think they're super worried about the stats or, or anything like that, more so just, you know, handling kind of the the operations on game day uh, getting into a, a groove in that way, and also, guys, they had a, they had a little bit of a center competition going on for much of camp. That position has now been kind of settled, so it gives him a chance to settle in with our center, Jake Brendel. Also,
1: Nick Wagner around with us here, ESPN Forty ers reporter. Listen to Candy and Carlin, Coach Tim Welsh, myself, Dallin Cuffin for the guys, um, and, and listen to some of Kyle Shanahan's quotes about. Uh, Trey Lance in tonight's game, he, he kind of sunset a little bit of what you were saying right there. Like it was a lot of the basics: do things right, break the huddle, get the guys mm-hmm. going. Like a lot of the simple things. But when you look at a more macro perspective, as you watched him in camp, how have you seen yep. him progress from year one to year two? What do What is different in his game and his management of the game?
3: Yeah, I think the the number one thing is he's just more relaxed. Um, And you can see that even with us when he talks to the media. um, He's, you know, making jokes and, uh, you know, stepping more into the forefront as as a leader, kind of understanding that you're now the face of the franchise. And I think last year he was very respectful of Jimmy Garoppolo, didn't want to step on his toes. And so he didn't do a lot of that. In fact, guys, we barely talked to Trey Lance last year uh, when we didn't have open locker rooms. So he wasn't available very often, but uh, that's one thing, you know, I think there's been some strides forward in a positive way on the accuracy front, you know, last year in camp, I thought he was missing high a lot over the middle, which is the worst place you can miss high uh, because those turn into interceptions a lot of times. This year, not so much. He still misses high a little bit on some of the deeper outs uh, towards the sideline, outside the hashes. Some of those things, there there are still going to be accuracy questions. Uh, But I I think at the end of the day, what you're going to see is is this is going to be an offense that looks similar to what it's always looked like under Kyle Shanahan, which means a lot of wide zone in the run game a lot of play action bootlegs in the passing game, uh, but it's not going to function the same. You know, I think Trey Lance's completion percentage is probably going to be, you know, eight to 10 points lower than what Jimmy Garoppolo's is. And the 49ers are hoping that he can offset that by adding the deep ball, which he's already shown a propensity to be more willing to take those shots that Jimmy Garoppolo was. And then of course his, his running ability. And I think that's, that's the part where you'll see some wrinkles in the, in the run game with Trey Lance because it's obviously something Jimmy Garoppolo didn't bring to the table that he does.
2: Well, you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick, and uh, Kyle Shanahan has said on many occasions, any scenario is possible. How much should we believe him <laughs> when he says that?
3: Uh, <laughs> well, remember, this is, this is the man who was asked at one point before the draft and. Uh, 2021 who said, well, I'm not even sure we're all going to be alive on Sunday. So just, just, just take that take that with a grain of salt. But, I, you know, I, I think, look, the 49ers are in a position where they are capable in terms of like financially keeping Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster, but it doesn't mean they're going to. And, and I don't think anyone here has realistically expected them to do that. I think ultimately right now, their hope was is that a trade would materialize by now that, you know, if there was an injury somewhere, like if that Zach Wilson injury in New York, had been worse than what it was. Maybe something would have materialized there. Or that the Cleveland situation was going to play out in a way that maybe spurred the Browns into making that move. I think that was kind of the hope here. Um, but it seems like that isn't going to happen. Now, maybe that changes. If Jacoby Brissett has a, has a bad game uh, in the preseason finale and the Browns rethink things, maybe that's a, a possibility there. But you know, this is the first time in this whole process where there are actual hard deadlines. And so if he is still on the roster going into that first week, his first week salary is guaranteed. And if he is still on the roster by that Saturday before that September 11th opener, his whole salary for the season would be guaranteed. So they have to make a decision by then. I don't think there's any chance that they're going to keep him at that number. I don't think they're going to keep him anyway. What's probably going to happen is they're going to have to end up releasing him. And then I think at that point, you're looking at some of the teams like Seattle, uh, even Cleveland in that scenario might be more interested. Uh, but but that's going to be kind of how it plays out here, I think, over the next couple of weeks. or the next week and a half, I should say.
1: You got into the finances a little bit there. And that's the last question we're going to ask you is just if, if they do have to cut him and have to let him go, financially what what are the what are the ramifications of that either positive or negative in terms of what with flexibility they have
3: yeah it's almost all positive guys like that that was one so one of the things that going back to the shoulder injury why the 49ers uh, obviously it hurt his their ability to trade him uh, because he was dealing with the shoulder injury, but also it kicked in a potential injury guarantee of seven and a half million dollars well now that he's healthy and been cleared to, to practice again that is no longer the case so they would save upwards of $24 million uh, by releasing or trading him. So uh, the only, I think it's $1.2 million is the only dead money that they have, and that's just leftover of uh, amortized signing bonus. Uh, So they're in a position now where they're far enough down the road where that would be a substantial saving for them. And, you know, we're way past the point where that money could, you know, land them a big-time name or help someone that would help this year, most likely, although there's always trades. Uh, But if nothing else, you can roll that salary cap space over into next year, and you're going to have a lot more things to come along, uh, not least of which is a huge contract extension for Nick Bosa, which will probably come next offseason also.
1: Yeah, that man's going to back up the Brinks truck for him. Uh, Nick Wagner, thank you, my man. Appreciate your stuff. Enjoy the game tonight, Niners and the Texans. Trey Lance under center for at least a half, or most a half. You got it, guys. Take care. All right, folks. It's uh, 6.39 and 55 seconds on the East Coast. It's how we end the show each day. Three and out. Candy and Carlin next on ESPN Radio. Here at Candy and Carlin, uh, subbing in for the guys today, Coach Tim Welsh, myself, Dallin Cuff, Coach. We mentioned earlier, your son Griffin, twelve years old today. It's celebrating. Is he today? He's twelve. We're celebrating, celebrating. Celebrating.
2: Celebrating.
1: Big today. celebration. Uh, it's a national holiday. It, it seems that way. We got laser tag at the house. There was some. You saw some pictures. We saw of some. Uh, uh, some swimming going on there. There's going to be some cake. I assume shortly earlier. Oh, yeah. I told a story. Pizza about eating, delivered. There you go. Eating cake with my hands. I'm sure the kids will do that. Proving uh,
2: once again that things can go on without me around.
1: <laughs> We're all replaceable, Coach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think so our employer likes us I'm, to know that, too. When
2: I make those Texas Tech slash Waco slash Ames trips, everything yeah. seems to run smoother at the house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what's uh? take us to the, the inside of the birthday party. or What happened here today? What did you miss?
3: Uh,
2: uh, 15 shirtless 12-year-olds, boys <laughs> just running around, uh, bare feet. A lot of wet towels, a lot of crumbs, a lot of goldfish, and uh, hopefully the cleaning lady will be by tomorrow.
1: I would say, who? Okay, there will be. A, I don't have. There do you it. go. Who's got that job? That's never. Hopefully, well. I'm teeing it up tomorrow. There you go. How's but, your handicap uh, these days?
2: It's okay. okay. It's okay. It's uh, you know, not playing enough, but uh, you know, still out there trying to hit the ball and get better. I you feel. You. I feel. Champions you. Tour.
1: Did you- <laughs> That's the goal. Still in my sights. I, 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 I hope, but I, well, I, I just want a
2: caddy for Billy Andre at some point.
1: That works too. The, the
2: most recent winner of the Payne Stewart Award. Congrats to oh, a good go. friend Billy Andre. What a great, what a great thing that is. That is for him. Well deserved. So anyway, yeah, we'll get home for for the end of this soiree. I'll get home to to pay the laser tag dude.
1: And if, are you he gonna take
2: cash pizza? only? How about this? No Venmo these days. Does these he, guys does, don't have. Does, does, no, he, have does Venmo? he also have a
1: carpet cleaning business? I'm not sure. What's, what's his last name? I'm let's not sure
2: it. what's going on. I don't. I'm the last to know all of these things, Dallin.
1: This is the time I'm saying my family's Italian. It's okay. Rev, should, I, should I just lean into that? It's okay. Carpet Whatever, cleaning. Whatever. Yeah, I'm
2: half Italian too. There you go. So let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm half Irish too. So I'll be watching that game from Dublin this weekend in the rain. Nebraska and
1: Northwestern. <laughs> there, there you go from Dublin. Week's, week zero. Week zero, baby. Um, we are all over the map in our, in our, our extra content here. Um, Let's get it back on track. Evan will not be happy. We, have, we said You just went to week zero real quick. Is there any chance you think Alabama does not make the college football playoff?
2: Well, since last year, according to Nick Saban, was a rebuilding year. <laughs> I think they'll be fine. Yeah, dude, They'll be fine. I think they'll be in the title game again. I think you can almost pencil them in from the...
1: Maybe to the title game. I'm a pencil in the, to the CFP. I That's think
2: they're sure. going to be fine. Even with NIL, they'll be fine.
1: Yeah. And his contract's pretty fine, too. It's pretty dope. I think he deserves it. Every penny of it. Absolutely. What he does is amazing to me. He's a machine, and that program's a machine. Uh, I'm not a machine. I need an app. And Tom Izzo's
2: got a new contract. Well-deserved.
1: Final segment here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speakers and the ESPN app and ESPN+. Plus. We got it all covered right now. And for the guys today, Coach Tim Welsh, I'm Dallin Cuff. I uh, want to say thanks to our guest, Sarah Barshop, the great reporter for the ESPN reporter for the Rams. Joined us with that story about the Rams and the Bengals uh, at the pra- at the practice session, breaking into basically a bench clearing brawl. Aaron Donald wielding a helmet uh, as a weapon, if you will. They she kind of broke down what happened there. Tim McManus came on earlier to talk uh, to talk NFL. Nick Wagoner, Ramona Shelburne, Eric Mangini. It's time for three and out, though.
0: Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out.
1: All right, three and out. Here we go. Uh, Novak Djokovic withdraws from the U.S. Open. He is unvaccinated against COVID-19 and not allowed to receive a visa to enter the country. If you remember, the same thing happened to him or very similarly happened to him in the Australia Open. Uh, he won Wimbledon, was allowed to play there, another one of the majors. Um, let me ask you this, coach, like just in general, what's your reaction to this?
2: Well, I take most of my tennis opinions and run with them from the great John McEnroe. Uh, always one of my all-time favorite p- athletes. Did you scream at refs like he screamed
1: at, screamed at judges? No. Okay.
2: But I liked watching that. It was and there. I wa- like watching him play. And now I like listening to him. He's great. He is the best. And, uh, you know, he said it's a joke. It is a joke. I mean, where are we? What what are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, it's not the U.S. Open's fault; they've got to abide by the laws. But I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. And as we move on and on and on with this with with COVID, it's like more things are coming out that maybe you are saying, "Why did we do this? Why did we do that?" In the past two year, two and a half years, but this it just hurts the te- the game, the greatest tournament. Obviously, yeah. the, the number the tournament I always turn tune it's into. So great man, The crowd and, part, of, um,
1: part of the event. It's so fun. You know,
2: the, maybe the greatest player of all time won't be there. And, you know, still, obviously, just won Wimbledon. So it's it's sad. It, it is sad, and you could feel the hurt in McEnroe's voice when he went on a rant about it earlier this week.
1: Well, the thing that I, I'm like part of science is to when we don't know, and you, you start to test, and you're learning, and you're evolving, you're figuring things out. That's been the whole pandemic and there were things that were done wrong at the beginning things that were done right and there's there's a learning process i feel like in some of the stuff we're not learning what is the, there's like 30% of our country still unvaccinated that are citizens because we're citizens we can be here but you can't come in from outside the country even knowing that vaccination doesn't fully fully, fully you know protect you that said i'm vaccinated boosted i'm going to get boosted again i'm not i just don't i don't understand this as it relates to one person in a sporting event there are exceptions made in our society in our government daily so this is, I find well, this it goes
2: back, it goes back to the whole thing with Kyrie Irving. You're a visiting player in New York and can play unvaccinated, yeah. but if you play in New York and you're a resident or play at your home team, you can't play. That that made
1: no sense. Well, that was, I think initially, that's about sending a message. Basically, we all have to be vaccinated. That was all like, let's all do it. And then after the season went on, we realized what was going on and people were getting, still getting even vaccinated. Again, you didn't really evolve. I felt like the city was trying to send a message there as the epicenter. I don't know if America is still trying to send a message, but again, in our country, there's just a... We, we're, the whole thing is, the whole pandemic has been a walking hypocrisy. It's a totally jacked up situation that nobody could prepare for, but so many of the rules have been hypocritical. It really takes away through. from the
2: tournament big time, but that's we'll still sure. tune in because it's the best tournament.
1: And, I mean, And I hope Serena makes a run. Tennis has. Because, I mean, that's going to be that'd be great. All right. Uh, Three and out is brought to you by Indeed. Attract, interview, and hire at indeed.com slash credit. Number two. Albert Pujols, who has been one of the best hitters in baseball, gave a kid his jersey after the Cardinals' 7-1 win over the Cubs last night. That was a pretty sweet moment. What would you think of that?
2: Well, the Cubs honored him before the game, and a lot of the Cubs fans were up in arms about that because their franchise is going the wrong way. The last They won the World Series. And,
1: and they have vitriol. That's, that's a real rivalry, though. It you know, is. It is. The but
2: they've, they celebrated Albert Hey, listen, Albert Pujols is an all-time great. Where did this
1: come from, though? Out of nowhere, he's back. I'm just going to lay up on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to. I'm going to not touch that either right now. Um, the best thing about this jersey exchange, the kid was wearing a Molina jersey, and as Pulis went to take it off, if you see the clip online or you're watching on, on ESPN Plus, the kid grabbed his neck like he was going to take his shirt off, like it was a soccer exchange, like it was Messi and Ronaldo trading, trading jerseys here. Hey, little guy, I don't think he wants your Molina T-shirt. Back but take to the my
2: jersey. Football reference for you. I like That's it. what I love. It's really what's in my heart. I think. It I is. Should...
1: Coach, a six-three shooting guard. I'm literally a diamond dozen. There's literally 15 million of me. A six-three center back can run and jump and read the game. There aren't that many of me? I made a bad. decision. I just hope he comes back.
2: I would like to see him get to 700.
1: He 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 may get there. He may get there. Um. All right. Ty- Tyreek Hill said, "Get the popcorn ready." I'm s- the fact that that phrase has been burned into our lexicon basically by Terrell Lowens makes me crazy. But anyway. Uh says, so get the popcorn ready for him and Tua. Quote, I've had a chance to just watch Tua sling the football around and the guy can actually throw the ball all over the field. You expect a breakout season from uh, Tua this yes, year?
2: Yes, I do. Okay. I think I think he is a, a guy who will grow. And then get, he's got the weapons now. He's got yeah, weapons all over the field. Not good enough, though, to challenge the Bills.
1: No, the Bills have weapons on both sides of the field. And they also have the quarterback that's an absolute animal. That guy... It's just, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is amazing. Will the Pats be
2: third or fourth in the division this year? They, can they beat the Jets out?
1: I mean, the Dolphins swept them last year. Um, I think they could. I think in the Dolphins they play at Miami. I think early the Pats do. So I, I think the Miami's in a better situation. Miami
2: beat them twice last year. That's, what, what I got? What is there an echo in here? Oh, sorry, host, host, not listening.
1: <laughs> that was the way you I said was, it. Like, <laughs> hey, Miami just beat them. Last I was year. Like, focused
2: whoa. on Tua. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, I'm interested to see his game develop. Obviously, new coach, a new system. Uh, gotta stay healthy.
2: He likes yeah. to run around out there a little bit.
1: I'd like to see like him be able to push the ball down the field a little bit more, and the play calling kind of evolve. I and mean, they were really safe with him last year for a number of reasons. Um, but you got to prove that trust too. You know, as a coach, like you give that guy a leash when he proves he can have a leash.
2: Sorry, I wasn't listening. Totally, I was focused on Scotty Scheffler. <laughs> What's going they're, on with Scottish? Te- right the, these guys are just tearing up Eastlake. Have you ever played Eastlake in Atlanta?
1: That th- that no, place. Coach, is, if you'd like to get me on, I'm happy to pa- go.
2: That place is brutal.
1: Well, th- there there's a there is no these, sport. <laughs> these guys are <laughs> there is no sport where the really really good player is different than a pro than golf. Well, that, the dude, that, things those dudes are doing at the highest level, even a guy that's a scratch golfer can't do that. But even, even the
2: U.S. Open courses don't even bring these guys down to earth anymore. Well, yeah. They're just too good. They're too L- good.
1: Listen, I hate to be that golf guy,
2: but these guys started, like, Scotty Scheffler started today at 10 under because it is the Tour Championship, so he's the leader in the FedEx Cup, so he starts the round... In the final tournament, at ten under par, so he only shot five under today, tearing it up, sure. But he's not fifteen under for the day. He's just fifteen under because he started with a little bit of a head start. It's pretty good though, five under. To say
1: Evan, you're poo pooing five under. What are you out here shrugging? Uh, I mean, about I, I, excuse I, I just, me, my
2: I, I'm not great at math, but five times four is twenty under. So. I, I just I don't know That's <laughs> pretty good for I, I don't the know tour a, championship. I don't know that a scratch golfer shooting five under is tearing it up. All right. Wow. Okay. I mean, am going to call the you back on tough, Sunday when the winner say. at Eastlake is 21 under. Yeah, and he would have started at 10 under, so he'd only really be 11 under. Okay. Well, well, well coach
1: well, is arguing that it's going to be five under per well, five, round. Five.
2: Okay. What, I can't do, do that. the math. Add, whatever but, it is, if five under each round, you're you're so, saying he's only going to be six under for the next three rounds. I'm saying he's. I think it's going to be I'm more. You're talking
1: so much. I can't even ask you what show's coming up next. What am I promoting here? Spaniards. Okay. Thank you. All
2: right, well, let's go play Pine Valley. That's where. Coach, uh, can we'll you go take? There.
1: Can you take me anywhere to you play? You and
2: Jordan Cornett.
1: I we don't need Cornett. He's too oh, busy. Oh no, no, he's, he's too busy. He, yeah,
2: he's a good partner. He was a partner of mine last year.
1: He's a great partner. But guess what, Coach? I'm not hitching my wagon to him. He's I just want to go with you. One and of play. the few
2: Notre Dame guys I like. He and Mike Bray.
1: I think Bray's the only one I can't stand. Cornette. I'm just playing. I love you, big guy. All right, folks. It's hey, great coach, having so much fun. Spain and Fitz having, next. Uh, space next to you. We out.